2: I'm Chris Avina, and welcome to another episode of American Outdoor News Podcast. Today, we're here with Alex El Toro Vargas, the uh, up-and-coming, undefeated, uh, lightweight, super, super lightweight uh, contender. Alex, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Now, you've been fighting a long time, and and you're a pretty young guy. Yeah, yeah.
1: You
2: started Uh, fighting at six?
1: Yeah, six years old. Um, I started, you know, just messing around in in the basement with my dad. And then, uh, yeah, kind of never stopped. It wasn't like consistent, you know, like every year I was just boxing year round. Like I grew up playing other sports and stuff, but I I would still box every year from six on.
2: Now, uh, growing up in high school, you were the captain of your football team and wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, so, um, yeah, you know, my, my dad wanted me to play other sports. He didn't want me to just focus on boxing, especially boxing is such a, a lonely sport. Um, so I got to meet a lot of people, make a lot of friends, um, and it's just a good experience playing in every sport, you know, doing different things. So uh, I had a lot of fun doing all of these different things at once.
2: So you're incredibly ath- athletic. You know, you, you know football is completely different than boxing. Yeah. Wrestling, I, I could see it's a one-on-one type of thing, um, yeah. but again, much different.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, every sport's different. So,
2: now you worked your way up through the amateur ranks, and I mean, you—you you were like a phenom. You—you you were two-time Junior Olympic champ, two-time New York Junior Metro champ, Florida PAL champ. Uh, when are you going to be? Uh, lightweight champ?
1: I don't know. Uh, hopefully soon. I know uh, my next fight, they wanted to get me to fight for a small title. That way we could start moving up the ranks. And then, you know, that's when you start inch, inching way up and, and moving up there to get that, that big shot. But um, it definitely takes time. You know, I've been pro for three years now.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, 11 fights is good. That's, that's a good pace. But um, you just don't realize, like, It goes so fast, but at the same time, it's going so slow trying to move up the ranks and get that that opportunity. So,
0: um,
1: hopefully, I mean, at this point, it could be a year or two from now if everything goes well and I stay busy. So, we'll see.
2: Now, looking at your record, you're 11-0, four KOs. Um, Right. To me, that says you're not just talented, you're a technician. Yeah. You're a pure boxer.
1: Yeah, more so. Um, I, I could have had more knockouts coming up in the earliest, in my earlier fights. Um, but like you said, I was, I was so, I was like, why take the risk? Like I'm no, I know I'm winning every round. Um, and that's how I grew up was more technique, you know, especially my dad since a kid, he was big on footwork, being smart in the ring, not just going out there and trying to just knock everybody out. So, um, I think it helped me, too, being more of a technician because I got more experience early on in my career going rounds where a lot of guys, you know, get their knockouts early on and, and don't know what it's like to go rounds or be in a tough fight. So um, I kind of like it. And, uh, yeah, I, I look to get a few more knockouts so, and, and get that percentage up.
2: Now, it, it's it's funny you say that, that you're, you know, you want to be smart about your uh, how you approach your fight and, right. you know, People have a, a perception of boxers, but you graduated, uh, Cortland.
1: Yes. With a
2: teaching degree. You're going for a master's degree. Yeah. How do you, how do you pick a, a, a path of becoming a fighter? I mean, you're a smart guy. You got a lot of things. Yeah. Going
1: for you. I, I think, I think being a fighter is just, it's just something that's in you. You know, it's, it's something like, like I said, I remember watching, uh, old Tyson footage with my dad in the basement. And that was just like, I want to box. You know, I have no reason for it. I was just like, I want to box. But once I got older and I was in, in high school, my, my dad, my, both my parents were like, all right, if you want to box, like you have to go get your college degree because boxing is not guaranteed. You know, you need something to fall back on. And, yep. and I can't put all my eggs in one basket trying to do that and just box. So, I went to school. I kind of stepped away from boxing completely at that time because I went up to Cortland for, I stayed local for my first two years. It was tough to fight and do the college work. And then I went away to Cortland for my last two years. And once I was upstate, uh, there was nothing up there. It was just, and the workload was so much that I just had to step away from boxing. But I'm glad I did it. I remember my, my parents telling me like, you have to go to school and like I was, I I was a decent in school. I just didn't like it, so um, I was like, all right, you know, whatever. We like
2: uh, going to school. We like the social yeah. aspect, but
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So I was like, oh man, but um, yeah, it was definitely worth it.
2: Now you you were the Golden Gloves champ too.
1: I was. I won that my senior year in high school.
2: Golden Gloves champ in high school. That is amazing. Now not only were you the Golden Gloves champ, you were the mark breland recipient of the, the what's it the mark oh breland. yeah
1: yeah yeah he was a great yeah.
2: fighter in, in his own right
1: yeah i remember um my main goal coming up as a kid was was to win the, the new york golden gloves i remember going to watch all of the finals at, at madison square garden and that was my main goal as a fighter like not it wasn't even going pro it was just like i want to win this tournament so uh i remember um Like I said, I was playing football at the time. So I kind of stepped away from boxing a little bit. And then my senior year, football season ended, but I gave up wrestling so I could do the Golden Gloves. And um, that was my main goal. And fortunately, I won it and won the best fighter of the tournament.
2: That's amazing. That's a great accomplishment, man. That really is. So you stepped away and you came back in what, 2018?
1: So, yeah, I stepped away, I think, 2014. I started college. Um, I think I did the, I, I went back to the golden gloves and, um, I think I went a weight class lower, but I just, I, I, I wasn't focused. I, you know, it was new being in college, the the schedule, having class at five in the morning and class seven at night Good to, to <laughs> yeah, to fit the training in. I just wasn't really, uh, that focused. And, uh, I ended up losing that year. So that's when I was like, all right, let me just focus on school because doing both is a lot. So I I stepped away from 2014. I think I graduated Cortland 2017, I believe, or 2018, one of those. But then I came back and fought in the Golden Gloves again once I graduated.
2: Amazing. Now, you're a softball. I'm sorry? You're a softball fighter. Softball, yes. How does that um, help or uh, not help you in the ring?
1: It helps a lot. You know, it's 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 one of the my biggest advantages um, because there there aren't many lefties, and when guys are in the gym sparring regularly every week, they're usually going against righty against a righty. Yep. So that's how, that's what they're so used to from a little kid on. Where I'm so used to going against a righty, and then I used to go in the against lefties so a lot of my opponents like when they get scheduled to fight me either they won't want to fight me because I'm a lefty or it's hard to find lefties to give them sparring to prepare for me so it's such an advantage because it's, everything's the op- everything comes from the opposite side where usually you know they're used to one thing now everything the punches are coming from completely different directions moving the other way um but you have to use it to your advantage so last fight I didn't I was moving to my left and uh you know that gave him the advantage because i was walking into his right hand so all right um if you use it the right way it's a big advantage
2: are you more of a counter puncher or uh are you the aggressive um it depends on the fight
1: uh, yeah i like to say i'm adaptive like to the fight um like my last fight i was very i was counter punching i think the entire fight because the guy was taller he was he, was, he was, had a long reach. So I didn't want to just go rush in there. So I waited for him to throw. He's a little bit slower. So I really counted that entire fight. But then, you know, other fights have been an aggressor for all of the rounds. So it all depends.
2: Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, acknowledge some of our sponsors. Underwood Ammo. Um, always a standard of excellence. Amazing ammo. Uh, Pyro Pyroputty. Uh, they're um, always innovative products. Uh, phone Scope pyro putty they're always coming up with new stuff great great equipment to have for the outdoors and a hunt of a lifetime and we're going to hear from them now
0: we love our children we protect them we guide them we prepare them for life in the world with all that we do from deep in our hearts we cannot control all things
2: 11 fights. Yeah. Who was your most difficult opponent and why?
1: Um, let's see. It was definitely my, what was it? My seventh fight. I fought. So my first five fights were all in Long Island in my hometown. Um, and then my sixth fight, I traveled to Florida to fight their hometown guy who was 6-0, and and I was 6-0 and as well. And it was my first, it was supposed to be my first televised fight on Telemundo. Uh-huh. And it was just the whole, the guy, I mean, the guy I fought was extremely tough, hit very hard, but it was just the whole situation around it, the traveling I, I wasn't used to. Um, we fought in uh, a venue with no spectators, because this was when COVID was going on. Oh, so it was wow. in August, August of 2020, so there were no no spectators, which was very weird. Um, just a bunch of cameras, and it was going to be on TV. And then with COVID going on, they it was kind of all a mess, you know, like the schedule and stuff, how they're going to get people there without having too many people there at once. So they ended up getting me to the venue late, and I remember they came into the back, and I sat down getting focused and then they were like you have five minutes to get ready or the fight's off wow so i remember i just threw my stuff on and just walked into the ring cold and uh that whole fight i really don't remember a lot of it because i it just i was constantly trying to get going it was just so much going on and the guy i fought was extremely tough being on tv so all around i mean probably my toughest opponent and the situation around it uh for the both of us was uh it was tough
2: is it more difficult to fight with no crowd
1: yeah i I thought it was very um very weird you you can feed off the crowd like uh you know being in someone else's hometown a lot of guys that come to fight me they use that to their advantage in a way because they're like i have nothing to lose you know this guy's in front of his hometown and then when i fight in front of my people it's more like I feel more pressure but being in front of nobody is just I remember walking into the to the venue and there was a fight going on already and you could just hear every punch being landed I mean it sounded like gunshots because wow. you used to the crowd like kind of drowning it out and everything all the commotion the chance you you know you can't really hear it and then you it made me realize like wow these gloves are really small they do really hurt and then you hear everything being landed. So you don't know how the judges are taking that, whether it's hitting your arm or your, or your face. Uh-huh. And you could hear what's the weirdest part is you could hear both corners giving instructions. So I, I could hear exactly what his corner wanted him to do. And he could hear exactly what my corner wanted me to do. Huh. And usually you, usually you can't, Hear that much because it's so loud. Yeah, with but that—that that was probably the weirdest part because I was like, "Do I do it now?" Since they're telling me to do it, and he could hear it, so it was—it was definitely weird. It was—it was too quiet. I didn't like it, and uh, I'd rather fight in front of a lot of people.
2: Now, the uh, boxing today—do you find the level of skill, the level of talent, a lot different than? when you were growing up fighting with, you know, watching like Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Mike Tyson, how has boxing changed since
1: then? Um, I think the, the skill level, um, I mean, maybe it went up a little bit skill level wise, just, you know, with everything nowadays, you know, you have so much science going into strength, technology and yeah, the, you know now everything's coming down to science on how to throw a punch and and we have much more to use you know where it was so old school it was just like you go run you lift weights you don't even know how to do it kind of thing but I think boxing back then just the guys were so much mentally tougher like everyone fought each other the best fought the best there was no uh There's not everything that's going on now is there's so many fights not happening that should be happening that everyone would just would watch be just because of whatever money or different promoters and then now you have YouTubers fighting. Yeah, where back in the day it was just the best fought the best. I mean, Hagler, Leonard, Hearns, they all fought each fought each other. It was no problem that that they wanted to be the best. And nowadays, it's not like that, and uh, it's sad to be honest.
2: Hagler Hearns. Best four rounds I've ever seen in boxing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they they fought. There was no fear. They didn't care about losing, you know. And that's the thing now. Too many fighters want to hold on to their perfect record, which I get to an extent, but they have the fear of losing it. Like, I don't have a fear of losing I'd rather go out there fight my best. And and if he beats me, he beats me. But I know I went out there for my best, prepared, and fought someone that is good instead of, you know, kind of wanting to, uh, you know, just take the easy route.
2: Total warrior.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want any regrets. You know, I don't want to finish fighting because it all comes to an end one day and be like, oh, well, I didn't take any chances. That's 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 what boxing is about. That's what's life life's about. You have to take chances. You know, to see what you're really capable of.
2: You don't put it out there. You don't know what you got. And uh, we we saw that in the uh, Hagler Hearn's fight. They left yeah. it all out in the ring, and it could have went either way. Yeah. Um, best fight I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and people have, everybody has respect for the both of them just because they fought each other and how they fought each other. So
2: it didn't matter yeah. who won that
1: fight exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I wish that would happen more often now, but we'll see.
2: Who's uh, I know we had this conversation. Who's your favorite fighter of all time?
1: All time Mike Tyson by far, hands down. <laughs> I, I don't think there will ever be another Mike Tyson ever. I mean, he was just a different. Just different. There, there, there will never be another one. He
2: uh, he had so many fights won before he even stepped in the ring.
1: Yeah, that
2: intimidation yeah. factor was incredible. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and he's a he's really cool. I remember I met him one time. He was just such a cool guy. He was so so nice to me. I remember he started talking to me because um, he saw my golden gloves chain, and uh, he was telling me he was the one telling me to turn pro. You know. Have the right people around you. He told me finish school, all of that. So it was it was pretty cool seeing my idol tell me that. I remember being shell shocked. I'm like, man, my title, my my idols telling telling me, you know, go finish school, and you know, go 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 be great. You know, don't have any fear, and just make sure you have the right people around you, which is very true. And him, of all people, would know, you know, what yeah. the people around him did to him. So he had
2: that was the right neat. people around him in the beginning and at the end. Yep yeah all went so. down the toilet yeah so yeah. so what's next for you when's your next fight
1: um i know i was supposed to be the main event um at the, at the paramount which is on in huntington yeah i
2: know
1: where uh, november 11th but um it's actually tough because i'm going through a job process right now and uh I, I really can't commit to the fight yet until I hear more on on what's next. So that's the tough part for me. Um, I always stay in shape, always stay ready, but I'm, I'm still waiting on a definite date I could get back, or, or what's going on with this situation to uh, get get back in the ring.
2: Well, if you're gonna be at the Paramount, I'll be there because it's a whole three minutes from my house.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. We like, like I said, we 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 sell it out, and then we have a nice little. Um, after party down the road at uh, Portofino's Pizzeria, and we all just hang out, have a good time there.
2: Sure, I know where so, Portofino's is. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So it's a, it's it's a good night.
2: Now, how long um, before? Uh, how many fights do you think it'll be before you're actually off of the title shot?
1: Um, I could see maybe around sixteen fights. So you're not 16. that far off. No, it, it's at this point once you pass ten, number ten, that's when everything starts moving very fast. You start moving up the rankings a lot faster. You start getting tested a lot more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could be it could be sixteen. It could be you know they could call me. That's the thing. I you never know. They could call me at fourteen fights and be like, hey, you have a you have a maybe a smaller opportunity, but it, it'll be on ESPN or something. And you know that's when you jump on it. So. You don't know. It's, uh, you could get a call randomly, and it could be sooner and later.
2: Well, you're definitely on their radar at 11-0, uh, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, 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 we're getting there.
2: So where do you train?
1: Um, well, I travel to the city a lot with my dad because um, that's where the, the best gyms are, the, the best sparring is. So, you know, when I'm preparing for a fight, I go out there three times a week. I'm sparring with, I mean, numerous world champions, Present world champions, past world champions, top contenders. So, you know, if, if that's what's gonna make you better and that's where you get the best work, we, we make the travel happen. So it's, uh, it's not too bad once you get the, the routine going, you know, get up, eat your breakfast, go train, come home from the city, rest up a little bit, train again, and then it's not too bad. But um, we're probably opening up our own gym again, uh, somewhere in Deer Park soon. So that'll be nice to be able to train out here more, just just hitting the bag-wise. But going to the city, I'll always do for sparring.
2: Who's the uh, toughest champ past or present that you sparred with?
1: Oh, man. Let's see. Definitely Chris Algieri is one of them. Uh, I've been sparring him for, for years. I'm actually very close with him now. Um, Richard Comey, the guy for a lightweight I mean, I think he's 28 and two and has like 26 knockouts, so wow. his power is unreal for for someone his size and he's a huge lightweight um, Paul Malnaji been at, all of those guys at the level are just tough and you learn something different from every single one of them.
2: That's awesome to you. all right well, um, I appreciate your time. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the paramount because I am going to be at that fight. And yeah, uh, where can we, uh, where can we find you?
1: You'll find me on. Or? Yeah. I don't have a website. I just uh, Instagram at Alex Vargas 631 and I'm on Facebook at Alex Vargas.
2: Okay. Well, I appreciate your time. This will be up later today. uh follow uh follow, follow alex on his social
1: media and don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you again soon